Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB Podcast from AusBiz on this October the 4th. RBA Day in Australia, and it's going to be one that we remember for quite some time. John Day by Carl Rotter. Uh, here at the desk, uh, Carl, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know how to explain the other day in other than just that one word because uh, <laughs> equity market launched, and of course, a lot of it came down to what happened at 2.30 p.m. this afternoon. Yeah, cheers, Phil. Thanks for that, mate. Everyone's uh, reasonably happy with uh, the way that uh, that played out in their portfolios, I think, today. Only two stocks, at least I, this is when I checked at the end of cash trading, only two stocks ended lower for the session. Had some absolutely rip snorters throughout, uh, throughout the day as well. And, of course, it was all because of that 25-point uh, move. Markets priced in 50. They gave us 25. Shocked us with the first uh, jumbo hike, as many journalists were calling it. Now we're back to just normal old 25s. Yeah, and uh, didn't the equity market love it? Uh, mm. The S&P ASX 200 up 3.75%. Got to go back to uh, June 16th of 2020 to go and find a larger gain than that wow. in percentage terms. Uh, and look, um, reflecting what the RBA you know, came through with that, you know, smaller than expected rate hike, uh, three-year yields, I think, tumbled by the most uh, since November of last year. So yeah, a right. real policy recalibration. So not surprising, like non-profitable tech, low yielders, I uh, know precious metals uh, and miners did extremely well during the course of today's session. Just some of the other sector moves alone, just amazing. Financials and materials, two largest components, of course, in the local market, up a lazy 4-point-something percent each. Yeah, and I was looking at uh, the leaders uh, across the board when I was on air a little earlier, and it was basically all lithium plays, all of them up by double digits uh, or, or, or more. Um, really kind of outstanding. And that move, that piece of trivia you just said there about uh, yields, is that the biggest biggest move since November last year? Because that's when basically the, 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 the uh, YCC broke. Because that's, if that's the case, that's remarkable. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was just reflecting what was going on at the time because, of course, at that point of time in percentage moves, uh, the rates were a lot lower than what they were yeah, now. Yeah. And so that, uh, that partly explains it. it uh, in actual points terms, I can imagine it would be uh, quite some time. But just really demonstrating how... The market was almost caught wrong-footed at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, the question now naturally comes, what happens from here? Now, my, my suspect, I've had an opinion in the, uh, the newsletter today, is that we'll get another 25, then I suspect that we might just see the RBA pause yeah. and see what happens. And uh, unlike other cycles where you've gone and tied and tied and you've got to go and cut again, I wouldn't be surprised if that's it, but we just go and keep rates unchanged for a prolonged period of time to try mm. and ever so slightly bring inflation back to within that target. We know that we've got the, uh, the economies operating above potential at this point in time. I dare say once all the cash flow impacts have come through from that <laughs> tiny already delivered, uh, we might not be uh, at that particular level for, uh, for too long. Well, yeah, you and I were joking today about my uh, little shock that, uh, that, uh, that I experienced when I got my latest um, uh, well, digital letter from um, the, the, the CBA seeing where my repayments would go to from next month. So that's the first time for everything. One for me, and I'm sure first time for a lot of people mm. who've never experienced a rate 
hiking cycle. But it's interesting. It's it, it seems to be you know to to your point just now. That's the RBA's game. They don't want to bring down inflation too quickly. Their forecast seven percent. Uh, in 2022, or seven three quarter percent 2022 for headline CPI. I think it's around four percent they forecast for 23, and then three percent for 2024, which is just the top of their target band. So mm. they're happy to take two years to get back to back to target, seemingly. One of the other big factors before the RBA went into surprises this afternoon was that we saw a big risk rally already underway. Now Huge. it came almost out of nowhere. Now it comes with a context, a little asterisk next to it, of course. But this policy pivot hopes. We saw the uh, ISM non-manufacturing uh, PMI that was released in the States overnight uh, show a distinct softening. Uh, new orders particularly you know, contracted and we saw prices paid component go and hit uh, you know, the lowest level in a couple of years. <sighs> this whole hope about you know, a policy pivot, the Fed's made it pretty clear, I would have you know, presumed over the past couple of months, that they don't intend to go anything down that path at least based on the current trajectory. What do you make about this consistent hopes that we keep coming back to? It keeps that, there's gonna, that there's going to be some sudden rate cut coming through next year. Well, the markets can't help themselves. And it, I mean, it goes down to the argument as to whether we're in a re- regime shift where, um, you know, the Fed's not there to backstop markets anymore and they'll let things crack. Or, you know, eventually that they will blink and they will cut because... You're, I think you actually know you posted it, didn't you? About um, the euro dollar futures curve, right? Pricing mm. in like what was it, thirty-one basis points of cuts next year again, which had been priced out after Jackson Hole, but seemingly they're back into the market now. Of course, I think a- another asterisk we have to chuck in there last night too was we had a bit of a trust rally when you know bond markets have stabilised around this whole you know um, uh, scrapping of, of, of some of the you know for the lack of a better phrase fiscal stimulus um, that would have come from from the UK, the scrapping of those um, the tax cuts. So there's that element too, um, but there's just the, the market. Could seem dead set on on trying to, to to price in cuts and looking for any excuse to do so. Far be it for me to say if it's right or wrong, but that's mm. that's that's one hundred percent what's happening. You can see it in the pricing. I don't get everything right, but one thing I feel really confident about is that uh, you know by trying to go and extrapolate what's happened today with the RBA and the way that the, the mortgage market is structured here, very you know, uh, you know at the actual very ultra uh, you know short dated you know, borrowing really is going to not go and work well if you try and extrapolate that across where there's a lot more fixed uh, rate borrowing taking place. So I don't see that know any implications for the Federal Reserve and the ECB, uh, the RBNZ even, from what we saw today. I still suspect that we're going to see the uh, the hammer down there for yeah. some, quite some time, which begs the question, what's going to happen to the uh, to the Aussie dollar? We saw it go and splat in the immediate aftermath of that. So yeah, we might go and see after what's been in a very, very aggressive policy tightening schedule, a bit of policy divergence now going creeping around the world. Yeah, it's that interesting debate around different transmission mechanisms, right? The different structure of your financial system, which I dare say a lot of economists don't appreciate either. You know, everyone sort of reads from the same same textbook and says that, you know, if you raise or cut interest rates, this is the, <coughs> excuse me, this is the particular outcome. Mm. But of course, it functions very differently in the US than it does here. Um, you know, the other point with the, with the Aussie dollar doesn't make a difference. As we were saying today on the show, and you were saying a little bit earlier on as well, is that um, on a trade-weighted basis, the Aussie dollar is actually not that cheap. Um, it's, mm. it's lower, but it's not as actually even as low as it was at the start of the year. So there you go. Yeah. Well, look, uh, after all said and done, uh, one of the big, big moves we saw in uh, across our markets over the last 24 hours was in the precious metal space. So it didn't have to go and look too far. Silver was up over 9% 
one of the lightest gains coming through, not only in years, in decades. Uh, that's uh, the kind of scale of movie <laughs> we saw. Gold also had a pretty decent day. And if, uh, we don't have many uh, no, silver pure plays in the local market. So we thought today we might go and have a look at the bullion space because it's been absolutely obliterated. Uh, no, no one wants to go and own gold miners at the moment. Uh, high costs coming through with inflationary effects and uh, prices have been on the slide, at least in US dollars terms, of course, not, uh, not necessarily in Aussie dollar terms. So we went and put it to our experts today, Koshi, Sat down with them. a bit of an all-star cast today. Scott Phillips and the Motley Crew, Motley Fool, I should say, and uh, Motley Crew. That'd be interesting. Also, <laughs> uh, and, and also uh, Henry Jennings <laughs> from Marcus today to get uh, their views as to whether it's worthwhile waiting back into the gold sector. But uh, it's remarkable what happens when those when the tide goes out, when those crowded trades, <laughs> the crowd all rushes for the exit at once. Uh, then things do get interesting. So okay. I think we're seeing that at the moment. So don't get too carried away with gold. Uh, for a hold at the moment, not necessarily get in with new money. I don't love it at the current price. I wouldn't be buying it at the current price personally. Um, as I said, that's generally my view on commodities because I am a long-term investor. But the time to look at them, in my view, is when the gold price mm. is probably quite a bit lower than it is today. Mm. So there we have it. Uh, yeah. Be cautious or avoid for the time being. Still not a lot of love in that uh, that gold sector, including nah. uh, Scott Phillips from the Motley Crew, of course. So from the Motley Crew, yeah. yeah. Hanging I... away there, maybe, but uh, yeah, certainly not uh, not in the gold sector at this <laughs> point in time. Uh, look, let's get to some of the great interviews we had in the day. One of them is uh, the Rates Live. I know lots of uh, great guests on the program today to go through that uh, decision in real time, so well worth your listening as well. I uh, had a chat today with David Lane from Audmanet about uh, no stock selection. Uh, and he's not getting caught up in the excitement with seen over the past 24 hours still thinks it's a pretty volatile environment out there so it comes up with some great ideas how to go and you know play it through individual stock selection and even had a discussion as well about what kind of clients and what kind of portfolio would benefit from uh, maybe looking at some derivatives uh, to go and hedge and reduce volatility mm. across that space. So well worth you listen on the, uh, the show notes as well. Also, Anthony Murphy from Lucerne. I uh, know dabbles in both listed and uh, unlisted markets, the private spaces as well. I joined uh, Andrew today on the program and uh, yeah, Good chat there about I know diversification across variety of different asset classes. Looking for Carl, uh, let's uh, let's go and see what's coming up on the radar now tonight. We go and start get the first of what I think is going to be the real big determinants is whether this risk rally can be sustained. Yeah. Jolt's job survey in the states. We know that I know give or take uh, job openings are still near enough at record highs. Lots of people are still feeling confident enough to go and quit their jobs. Do you reckon we're going to see any change up to that uh, trend in tonight's series? Wouldn't have a clue, but I mean, here are the variables. If it comes out particularly resilient, I think that the stat is that there's still two available jobs to Amer every uh, American worker, or I think available American worker at the moment. So, you know, when you're worried about wage, uh, wage inflation, which, you know, to the point about the RBA um, today, they were sort of talking about how our um, wage pressures are a little bit more subdued than in other economies, and that's why they feel a little bit more comfortable in taking a, a backward step. But if we're still seeing that tightness in the US labour market, the first data tonight, obviously we have non-farm pay rolls on Friday, very difficult to imagine that this rally, risk rally can sustain itself. Um, but, you know, the other thing that we're, we're going to have in the next 24 hours too is the RBNZ, which is, you know, markets are priced in for a 50 basis point hike. Um, I don't know if they'll be as quite as mercurial potentially as the RBA today. I'm not too sure. Mm. Um, but my take on a slightly greater 
interest now as the uh, other Antipodean central bank to, to hand down policy. Yeah, one of the key differences, the RBM uh, was at pains to go and point out that not a lot of the effective uh, rate hikes has been felt by mortgage, uh, mortgage holders at this point in time. Uh, also, the deterioration in the global economic outlook, and I wonder whether that might go and feature. We know that uh, New Zealand is a small uh, no trade-exposed nation with a floating currency as well, is not immune to those forces, if they do indeed, like the RBA think, that things are getting a little bit gnarly out there. Uh, but yeah, looking further ahead as well, of course, uh, we've also got a lot of uh, no jobs data. The ISM services PMI out in the yep. States uh, tomorrow night, which I think is going to be huge when it comes to go, uh, no prices paid. Are we seeing any evidence that the stickiness in that services side of the equation are uh, starting to go and come unstuck? Uh, and of course, you mentioned it right at the end, uh, the, uh, the big the non-farm, the non-farm payrolls, as it always is to go and round off the week. So plenty of major risk events ahead. But uh, yeah, a day for the ages up again, 3.75% for the ASX 200. We don't go and see like a day like this uh, every day. Let's go and see what happens tomorrow. Hey, Cole. Yeah, few and far between. Can't wait for the next one. Cheers. Bye.